I'm Michael Menzies, joined by Kat Nikolaychuk. And Kat, I've seen you brought your tinfoil hat today, which means we must be talking about conspiracy theories. That is right, Michael. Thank you for the compliment. I like my tinfoil hat, too. (laughs) And as you can see, uh, I'm pretty prepared. We've got six hot, juicy topics to dive into. Some are out of this world, literally. Some nuts, yet all remain a little mysterious. There seems in everyone an innate drive to want to hear the truth, and that's what a conspiracy theory provides, the outlet to discover this undisclosed truth, despite those who try to stop you. I know I'm excited for this show anyway. Mm -hmm, Me too, and Harley is as well. He seemed pretty vocal about celebrity conspiracies this week. Hey, yes, I absolutely do. You know, Kat, Michael, the word conspiracy will be thrown around a lot today. But not quite as thrown around, however, as the celebrities that have been involved in those conspiracies. Lives ruined, lives ended, and lives left to questions. Questions like who did what, and how did that happen, and where did this person vanish to? Well, it's because of the lack of answers and certainty that start conspiracies like these. I want to believe, you want to believe, and history states that believing is wrong. A hop, skip, and a jump away from that, and you have yourself a conspiracy. Now, I wanted to open it up with one of the biggest conspiracies in the entertainment industry ever. That Paul McCartney isn't actually Paul McCartney anymore. There are multiple songs that suggest the death of Paul and that he's now replaced. Here's the song Birthday, front and backwards. People state it says Paul is dead, la 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 la, Paul is dead, we sing hallelujah. Here's It's Johnny's Birthday. I can tell you the two songs with birthday in the title are not a conspiracy. Here it is front and back. Backwards, people believe they hear, he never wore his shoes, We all know he was dead. Now, in the famous picture on Abbey Road, Paul is not wearing shoes, which leads you to believe that there is something afoot. Now, here's real love front and back. Backwards, you can hear, we used to sing with you, we used to sing. Now, with so many possibilities, I could not really tell you if he is dead or not, because none of those give actual proof. It does leave a little bit to think about, though. Now, moving on from the Beatles to another legend in music, Elvis Presley. This one is a conspiracy filled with people thinking they've seen Elvis. Some even say that you can see him as an extra in the airport during the film Home Alone. Some are even 100% certain. Is Elvis Presley alive? Absolutely, I would testify it in a court of law. Now, I know you won't be able to change that guy's mind, so let's move on. Speaking of mind, Nevermind was the album that shot Nirvana up the roller coaster of success. But when Kurt Cobain allegedly committed suicide, people were left stunned and shocked. Nobody else close to Kurt ever said that he tried to commit suicide. 
the world just took Courtney's word for it. And finally, to get out of the whole life and death types of conspiracies, let's mix it up a bit. Just like how Gene Simmons of KISS mixed it up with members of the opposite sex the world over. So, does Gene Simmons really keep a tally of all the ladies he's courted around for a night? It's, it's, well, it's not true. I didn't sleep with all of them. Myself and a couple of ladies on The View wanted to ask a couple more questions. <laughs> so what did you do with them? Well, you don't sleep. Well, then they said, well, how many? Gee, I don't know. So in the 70s, I started to take, there was this wonderful camera that shot out photos immediately. It's called Polaroid. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you took pictures of all of them? Yeah. Okay. Somewhere there's a box with 4,500 pictures of women? It's not a box. You know these model portfolios with handles? I've got a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. And how you remember the names is uh, the beautiful women had their names put on the back in the day, you know, so you can remember. Ah, yes. It takes all kinds. It does take all kinds, but at least now we can fully understand the depth and complexity of songs by Kiss. Yes, and without a doubt, the buck doesn't start or stop here with Kiss. There's conspiracies in every corner of the entertainment industry, and there's no way we could uncover all of them. And although that was a conspiracy that proved to be true, there's always you know, two or three or 87 sides to a story. <laughs> Conspiracies, lies, and scandal aren't only just found in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. It begs the question, really, how much do people actually know? Or people think that they know a lot about celebrities. They, they really don't. You don't know somebody until you spend a lot of time with them actually in person. <laughs> and uh, whether or not they also are, in fact, living. Yeah. Well, the same can be said about the Queen and the monarchy in England. While many people love the royal family... There's been lingering rumors about how much control they actually have. Liz looked into it for us this yeah. week. Thanks, guys. Now, um, first question. What, are you, what is your opinion of the monarchy? Well, since my father is a British subject, I'm obligated to say yes. <laughs> I saw the Queen once in 2005 for the kind of uh, uh, Alberta Centennial. And, uh, you know, I find they're kind of more symbolic, maybe a little archaic, old-fashioned. I think that's kind of my stance on the whole thing. Yeah, personally, I love the Queen. I think the whole monarchy thing is just fascinating. But there have been some interesting and insane stories circling around her. Queen Elizabeth II is the oldest and longest reigning monarch in history. Loved by many, she can do no wrong. And at 91 years old, she is in still good health. And you can't help but think what her secret is. A cultural philosopher once called her violently vibrant and packed with more energy than the sun and offered a unique analysis on how she remains so energetic. Eating human flesh is the key to all of this energy. On October 10, 1964, Queen Elizabeth and her husband Prince Philip made a secret visit to the Catholic-run Kamloops Residential School in British Columbia. A 12-year-old William Coombs and classmates were told how special an event this was even though it was abnormally secret. Coombs and ten of his friends were a select few who went on a picnic with the Queen and some of the priests from the school. Coombs last saw his group of ten friends leave with the Queen and they were never seen again. They were never spoken of again and there have been no signs where they could have gone. Some believe Queen Elizabeth is a regular participant in the Ninth Circle Satanic Cult rituals in a basement catacomb under the Branton Mohawk Residential School in Ontario. And this is where the ten missing children met their fate. Two eyewitnesses testify that they were present when they were kids during a ritual where they saw a girl bound to an altar. The girl was killed, dismembered, and her blood was consumed by nine rope figures. One of them was said to be the queen, 
In a 2010 radio interview, Coombs discussed witnessing Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip leave the school with his 10 friends and fellow Kamloops residents. Not long after the interview, Coombs died of unknown causes. This is one of the most popular stories of the famous matriarch being a kidnapping satanic cannibal. But whether they are true or not, well, I'll leave that up for you to decide. Now, it's not only these stories. There's also people who think she's part of a lizard race who have enslaved us all. Of course. And yeah, <laughs> and there was also a fun story that popped up about a serviceman going into uh, one of the castles to make repairs, and he found the queen's personal freezer stocked full of body parts. Of course, many of these theories have been debunked, but they do leave you wondering. Man, that's... Uh... That's some crazy stuff, Liz. I, I still don't really know what to make of the royal family, even in, in light of this information. I've always thought, you know, they have a lot of control, but they just never need to exert it. Everyone knows they stay in line. They don't they don't mess with the royals. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. They have their own kind of, uh, I guess, uh, rule over yeah. the people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A silent rule that they, uh, yeah, that they have over everyone. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And speaking of kind of England... Uh, I love theater, and if there's a play, playwright worth talking about, it's William Shakespeare. Uh, and his plays are so richly layered, and many people don't think that uh, Shakespeare actually existed. How can that be true, Kennedy? Um, well, I'll tell you. Um, thanks. The one thing that conspiracists love to question is above-average intelligence. There's no genius more doubted, I feel, than William Shakespeare. He claimed to have written so much and invented slang that's still used today, words like bedazzled, mimic, and rant, all done by William Shakespeare. And oh. I did a little bit of digging on if Shakespeare was actually Shakespeare. The question has always been... To be or not to be, that is the question. But the question that always gets overlooked, did Shakespeare really write everything his name is on? Most scholars accept that William Shakespeare was born in Stratford-upon-Avon and spent time acting in London before returning to Stratford, where he lived until his death in 1616. But actual documentation of his life is very scarce. Theories claim that the recorded life of the man called Shakespeare could not possibly yield the astonishing universality and dazzling invention of the canon. All we know for certain is that Shakespeare... Shakespeare, or Shakespeare, was born in Stratford in 1564, that he was an actor whose name is printed with the names of his fellow actors in the collected edition of his plays in 1623. A little more than several signatures, records of his marriage to Anne Hathaway, not the famous actress of today, and the birth of their children, a three-page will, and some business papers unrelated to writing. Above all, nothing has been found documenting the writing of the 37 plays and 154 sonnets under his name. Modern phrases, but Shakespeare invented them. They, yeah. they appeared as plays. For instance... Well, words, uh, he, we, we reckon he made up about 1,700 words. Just made them up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, he made up the phrase, eating me out of house and home. Yeah. Be all and end all is yeah. from Macbeth. Yeah. Kill with kindness is from Taming of the Shrew. Right. Laughing stock. He made up for Mary Wise of Windsor. All that glitters is not gold yes. for the Merchant of Venice. If vastly considered the greatest body of work in the history of English language. Skeptics have posed the question, how could a man of such humble origins and education have a wide-ranging understanding of the complex legal and political matters or intimate knowledge of life in the English court? 
Famous people like Henry James, Sigmund Freud, Mark Twain, Helen Keller, and Charlie Chaplin have voiced their doubts about the man from Stratford. Thousands of books and articles have been devoted to the subject, many of which propose their own candidates for the true author of the Shakespeare canon. Of about five different aristocrats that could be the man, for the last 90 years the suspect has been Edward de Vere, the 17th Earl of Oxford. First proposed in 1920 by J.T. Looney in his book Shakespeare Identified, Oxford was highly educated, trained as a lawyer, and was known to have traveled to many of the exact places featured in Shakespeare's plays. But Oxford died in 1604 after Shakespeare, whose greatest plays were published, including King Lear, The Tempest, and Macbeth. Tomorrow, and tomorrow, and tomorrow creeps in this petty pace from day to day. But yeah, there were a lot of plays based around the monarchy, and they were all in a very flattering light. And it just doesn't really make sense. He comes from a very common background, according to history, so it doesn't really make sense that he would know so much about how the courts worked and such. Right. And there's also a theory that Shakespeare was also a woman, and really? that he was like she was like William Shakespeare's lover, and that she huh. wrote the plays and then used him to like get them performed and published. Yeah, no, that's 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 crazy. Cat, do you think the Bard is just one person? You know, yeah, I think it's more than likely that it could have been a group of people. You know, you can't really trace intellectual property and who yeah. thought of mm-hmm. something first, especially in the 1600s yeah. or 1500s. Um, uh, and like the plays were always being written and rewritten mm-hmm. as they were trying to put them together to perform them. Right. So I think that it could have easily been a very many people who were working on them. Absolutely. After the break, the conspiracies get wilder as Cat and John explore two of the biggest events of the 20th century. So far, we've looked at the monarchy, Shakespeare, and celebrity conspiracies. Ooh. Now, Kat, this next one, you, I, I've seen you these last couple weeks, been sinking more and more into this one. Perhaps you've been staring at the night sky too much. I'm in too deep, honestly. Uh, <laughs> many people, including myself maybe, I, I can see why, uh, believe that the 1969 moon landing came at a, a sort of convenient time for the good old U.S. of A. Um, there are kind of urban legends surrounding it, and, uh, well, I took a look into it, let's just say. I'm going to step off the limb. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. And it will be done before the end of this decade. And I am delighted that this university is playing a part in putting a man on the moon as part of a great national effort of the United States of America. Arguably one of the most important events in human history. A show of scientific superiority and a great example of the human curiosity to go where no person has ever gone before. The moon landing mission. Space flight Apollo 11. When man set foot on the moon, July 20th, 1969. But was it real? From opinion polls, it's estimated that about 6 to 20% of Americans believe that the moon landing was faked. Here are a few theories for possible government motivation for orchestrating such an elaborate hoax. Number one is the space race. Having an American astronaut set foot on the moon first 
would win the U.S. worldwide acclaim and in the time of the Cold War and conflicting ideologies, would win the United States a sort of superiority card against Russia. Another theory is that NASA needed more funding to continue space exploration and fulfill the late President Kennedy's moon landing goal in his 1961 speech to Congress. An idea is that with all of the unknowns and hazards, NASA would not risk the live broadcast of one of their astronauts getting sick or dying through the flight. That would have been a great way for the U.S. to land on the moon in a controlled atmosphere with no chance of public embarrassment for the U.S. or death. Usually one of the counter-arguments is that NASA did already go through a lot of public embarrassment during the manned ground test for Apollo 1 when there was a fire inside the module, resulting in the deaths of the three command pilots inside. People also say the landings and space race were used as a large distraction to deter the public from their dissatisfaction with the Vietnam War. A few possible reasons why the theories could have formed is the political climate and time frame that coincided with the Apollo missions. There were government scandals such as Watergate or even true conspiracies of the CIA like Project MKUltra, a mind control program which experimented hallucinogenic drugs on humans. It was also around the threat of nuclear warfare and secretivity around that, as well as mysteries around President Kennedy's assassination. There are many theories about the doctoring of photos and videos from the moon landing, such as the crosshairs present on each photo, and some appear to be washed out or covered by other objects. Many shadows in the photos appear to be inconsistent with the light sources, and also the sheer number of photos that were taken on the moon is thought to be suspicious. Other theories doubt the safety of the trek, paired with the somewhat rudimentary technology used for the 1969 landing without advances that we have today. Another reason why people say it might not have happened is the Van Allen radiation belt. The radiation belt is a belt around the Earth with an inner and outer layer, the former containing a high level of radiation thought by theorists to have been too dangerous to pass through and cause a lot of harm and radiation to Apollo 11 passengers. The counter-argument is usually that the aluminum hull would shield passengers from radiation. There are also critics who say there are no blast craters underneath the module from where the aircraft landed and lifted off. But since the surface of the moon is a vacuum with no air, propulsion methods needed for travel in that space are different than on Earth. Another strange fact is that the master tapes of the landing that NASA broadcast to people's living rooms are missing, leaving us with lower quality, spotty recordings of the broadcast. The tapes were recorded during the landing as a backup for the live television broadcast failed, and after the 1969 landing, the tapes were stored in the U.S. National Archives. But around 2,600 boxes of tapes were returned to the Goddard Space Center, including ones of the Apollo landing, and that's when they went missing. There was a huge investigation to find the lost tapes in 2006, which yielded no results. It's mostly believed that NASA needed more tapes for other projects and that they may have been taped over around the 1980s. Wouldn't NASA have been meticulous in keeping track of those tapes, considering their importance? An operations scientist at the Parks Radio Observatory in Australia said the archiving of the tapes was a lower priority in the Apollo era, since the real priority was putting a man on the moon rather than meticulously documenting it. That considered, why would they have orchestrated a live television broadcast literally from the moon to people's living room televisions and took thousands of pictures while they were there? Something to think about. There have been legends as well that Stanley Kubrick was the one who directed the moon landing. And there have been movies and books written about how Kubrick hinted that he directed the moon landing in his 1980 movie, The Shining. It's very interesting. I looked into that. That's a whole nother week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's lots of those visual cues are so interesting. The first conspiracy I got into as a kid was the, was the moon landing. And for me, the photographs are still uh, a lot of the issue. But I've seen a lot of conspiracies 
compelling stuff both ways that images have been doctored or they are clean it's it's interesting to examine that's for sure Mm -hmm. And like the idea of doctoring photos, like both conspiracy theorists and the government Mm -hmm. can doctor the photos which way that they want. There's a lot of kind of fake photos that circulate even around the Internet. So it's kind of hard to know which one is the accurate one. Um, Another interesting theory that has gained more and more traction over the years has to do with one of the most evil men in history, Adolf Hitler. John has some details for us. Yeah, so in today's day and age, we ask many questions about conspiracies, as we talked about on the show. Uh, which ones have been disproved, which ones are confirmed, and right. some that are still just left up in the air. Um, this is one of them. After many, many years, I'm talking about the escape of Adolf Hitler. First, let's give some background. April 1945. Hitler's army is defeated, and he and his wife allegedly killed themselves in his bunker located in Berlin. Now, many theories claim that he in fact did not end his life in that bunker, but rather managed to escape to Argentina and live there until his death in 1962. With skeptics and critics all around, we ask the question, where's the evidence? Hitler's body was never actually found, but a skull with a single bullet hole was found in Hitler's bunker shortly after his death and taken to Moscow. For many years, this was considered solid proof that he in fact died. But in 2009, the University of Connecticut gained access to the skull and did DNA test, which proved it was not Hitler's, but that of a woman younger than 40 years old. This leaves us back to square one with more questions than answers. Many TV shows and documentaries have tried to discover the truth behind this age-old tale of Hitler. However, with nearly 72 years gone by and no witnesses or physical evidence, it's hard to understand. A declassified CIA document dated October 3rd, 1955, highlights claims made by a former German SS trooper named Philip Citroen that Adolf Hitler was still alive and Hitler left Colombia for Argentina around January of 1955. Enclosed with this document was an alleged photo of Hitler. So with claims both opposing and supporting Hitler's escape, and with the varying pieces of evidence, we are the ones left to answer all the questions ourselves. Did Hitler really escape from his bunker in 1945 and live happily in Argentina, or was his demise back in Berlin? So this is still a tricky thing to talk about because there's so many disputed facts floating around that happened before, during, and after his alleged death. So that's about it. That's all I got for you guys. Mm -hmm, Definitely. Thanks, John. Uh, That's certainly pretty interesting to think about, though. It just proves how much it's hard (laughs) <laughs> how hard it is to kind of uh, yeah. really know history because it's always being written and rewritten and corrected. People yes. think that they know things, and then they look and do more research and realize that that's not true. Um, now, Michael, we have saved your conspiracy until the end of them all. Some 50 years later, many people reject the notion that John F. Kennedy was killed by Lee Harvey Oswald. Thanks. If there's, yeah, if there's one conspiracy that changed American culture, it's the assassination of the 35th president of the United States. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. Captain Fritz. There is a president. There is Lee. He's been shot. He's been shot. Lee Oswald has been shot. There's the man with a gun. Absolute panic. 
Since the shooting of John F. Kennedy on November 22, 1963, and the mysterious killing of alleged shooter Lee Harvey Oswald on live television just two days later, the public's distrust of the government has grown. Last week, over 2,800 documents were released by the U.S. government. However, most, if not all, the information has been available or leaked to the public already. The Warren Commission, established a week after JFK's death, investigated the assassination for 10 months and concluded that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone and Jack Ruby, Oswald's killer. Since then, the Warren Commission has been ridiculed heavily, including by some of the committee members, especially when looking at Attorney General Nicholas Katzenbach's memo to White House official Bill Moyers just the Monday after the assassination, stating, the public must be satisfied that Oswald was the assassin, that he did not have Confederates who were still at large, and that evidence was such that he would have been convicted at trial. The biggest artifact from the murder is the Sapruder film, the home tape shot by Abraham Sapruder of The Killing. The government took the film from Life magazine before it was released in the late 1970s to the public. The video shows Kennedy's head famously going to the left and back. If there was more than one shooter, by definition, the assassination would be a conspiracy, considering more than one person is conspiring to pull something off. The prime suspects in the case include the CIA, Lyndon Baines Johnson, the Mafia, or less likely the Soviets and Cubans. Regardless, Kennedy was in Dallas that day to continue campaigning for re-election, as his polling numbers were not great. He also made himself a target by publicly criticizing the Federal Reserve, establishing back-channel communication with the Soviet Union's leader, Khrushchev, and mentioning the idea of secret societies enervating the government. Fifty-four years later, no one knows for sure who killed John F. Kennedy. It's absolutely incredible to think how much of a turning point that was in U.S. culture, how news was covered, policies that were changed afterward, including uh, domestically or uh, overseas. Mm -hmm. And even though it was so long ago, it's still, it, it's still a turning point for so many factors in everyday life. Mm -hmm. I think even probably with that, that probably influenced the moon landing because of one of his speeches mm -hmm. saying that they wanted to be on the moon before the decade was out and all of these things. So people were like, ah, yes, it's kind of like the last yeah. wish, I suppose. So it's kind of like... It's interesting. Yeah, the tie-ins together uh, with that seem pretty strong. So, mm -hmm. Well, that's a feed for this week. Hopefully we've opened up this sea of topics for you. Maybe you want to peruse them, dive deep mm -hmm. into the world of conspiracy <laughs> theories. Uh, it's hard to get out. Uh, <laughs> more on your personal time, maybe. Or maybe they convince you more of the official story of what happened and kind of holes in the stories. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they're a little too out there for you. Thanks, Kat, for the uh, tinfoil hat. Oh, no problem. <laughs> that, was, that was excellent. Our thanks to Harley, Liz, Kennedy, and John for their excellent research on the feed. Today, we'll be back next week, same time, same channel, and we'll see you then. Thanks for listening to The Feed. Tune in Sunday nights at 7 for the rebroadcast or online at nr92.com. Harley, it's over.